0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rainmakers Fantasy Golf Show presented by DraftKings Rainmakers. We have made it. We are here. We have arrived at the PGA Tour playoffs on the heels of a pretty fantastic finish at Sedgefield. Tons of things to talk about in terms of golf in general. Uh, A few quick notes before we dive into the details of today's show. One, this will be the only show that we do this week, so going to be a little bit of a longer show, going to do some screen sharing, going to do a mix of the Wednesday and Monday show in this episode, alongside a good friend of mine, and as always, my co-host, Mr. TJ Leistik. TJ, how's it going this week?
1: How's it going Monday? Uh, this Monday morning, how was the weekend? Yeah, weekend was good. Just got back from a little vacation last week, so that's always nice. We had some golf and a pretty good, pretty good tournament. I would say, uh, fun, fun one. Lots of exciting things going on because it's a, it's a unique one where you're not only sweating the tournament itself, but also things like Justin Thomas trying to make it into the FedEx Cup. So there's kind of the, the game within the game that was going on from a Sunday sweat perspective. And excited for playoffs. Uh, crazy how fast I feel like the, the season goes by. But we've got. FedEx Cup playoffs coming up right around the corner starting this week and then right after that heading on into into football and we'll have some some more coming on our our Rainmakers football stuff in the near future so yeah good stuff all around and uh pumped to hear all of your takes on the playoffs and what we should be thinking about from a Rainmakers point of view these next couple of tournaments
0: yeah let's do the general golf conversation before we dive into rainmakers first and foremost uh Lucas glover with an absolutely fantastic week started the week off 112th on the fedEx cup points list uh, I mean when you're starting 112 you literally are thinking the same way Billy Horschel was thinking the same way uh, a few other guys in this field were thinking I need to win to get in and, and Lucas Glover does just that uh goes out shoots an incredible sun Day round or sorry Saturday round and we said this last week during the show actually thought we would see an even better weekend from somebody like JT who like I said just needed to make the cut and then shoot two really really low rounds to try to get into the playoffs uh, Lucas Glover does exactly that goes out on Saturday shoots a 62 uh, follows it up. Uh with a 68 and wins by two shots. Uh Russell Henley had, you know, pretty much the lead for the majority of the tournament, but uh shot a 69 on Sunday and just wasn't good enough to hold on to the lead. So uh only shooting one under yesterday was a tough scene. Um, but overall, Lucas Glover, you know, Russell Henley's in the playoffs. Lucas Glover puts himself in the playoffs, moved all the way up. Uh, from, what did I say, 112, all the way up to 48, I want to say. Let's see what he does. I just lost where I, where I had him here. Uh, where'd he go? Yes, 49th from 112 to 49. So that is an incredible move. Uh, we're gonna talk through playoff points and everything, playoffs during this episode. It is honestly a little bit of a challenge to like follow everything. Uh, everything is kind of thrown out the window from a regular season event to the playoff events. Uh, it is the kind of three event stretch where your goal is to just get in. Your goal was to be top 70. And from here on out, there are a ton more points up for grabs. So if you're in the top 50 already, you're trying to make sure that you finish ahead of just about every other guy that's underneath you. And if you're in the top 70, you're looking to try to finish in the top 10 here. You're looking to fire another little round, move yourself up into the top, into the top 50 and play in next week's event, the BMW championship. Uh, So we'll get into all the playoff things. Wanted to cover a couple of like general golf conversations first and foremost, though. Uh, One, you, you brought it up top of the show. Justin Thomas finishes 71st. So finishes one spot outside of the FedEx Cup list was quoted over the weekend by saying that the Ryder Cup, it is so, so, so important to him. It means everything. It's probably the sole reason why he's done everything he's done over the last couple of days. Um, I've been reading a ton of great Twitter conversations and arguments back and forth. I'm interested in your thoughts, TJ. Does Justin Thomas make the U.S. Ryder Cup team? He is out of the playoffs, but uh, put together a pretty solid tournament this past weekend, finishing T12. Does he make the U.S. Ryder Cup team? And in your opinion, should he
1: make the U.S. Ryder Cup team? I'm glad you phrase it that way because I think that I have different answers for both. I think that he should not make the team with the way that he's playing and the way that he has played overall this season. But I think that he will make the team just because he is Justin Thomas and I think he will be one of the captain selections and you know what I mean who am I to say if he should or shouldn't right like if you yeah if you're looking at how are people playing this year and right now he has not played well enough to be on the team but if you're looking at how people have played over the past five years or even only the past two years then he quote-unquote should be on the team so I, I I think they end up taking him onto the team i also think when it comes to you know something like the riders cup it's it's not just about like pure golf right there's a lot of team camaraderie elements to it there's a lot of you know in golf you don't get the the quote-unquote locker room type of type of things that matter like they do in team sports and uh i think for those reasons that justin will find his way onto the team and you know what maybe i'm talking myself into he should be on the team after a, after I just said all of that out loud. I
0: actually, I, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you because I, I was going to frame it this way for you. Cause I think it's a very interesting framing. Right. And, uh, yo, before, before we do just that, I will say shout out to some of the loyal listeners that are out there to this show. JM from the dentist chair from Sergeant Stogie, uh, poker pro Eric in the chat top talk, talking about Bryson DeChambeau. We're going to get to the 58, uh, Josh Allen, another loyal listener, JM, all of you guys out there. Um, I was going to frame it this way. So Justin Thomas plays really well, clearly wants it. And when you think about the Ryder Cup team, you're picking 12 guys, six guys automatically, and other six captains picks. You're thinking about a team event. You're thinking about camaraderie. You're thinking about, you know, who matches up against singles. So I think it's so easy to just say, like, hey, Justin Thomas hasn't played very great. You know, I thought I thought I saw some great tweets out there. Sam Stevens is in the is in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Matt Smith is in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, Justin Thomas missing the FedEx Cup playoffs. Is one, first and foremost, a complete joke for someone that is his name is Justin Thomas. There is no way Justin Thomas should ever miss the playoffs, the way the point scoring is, the way, and the people that are in these playoffs. I mean, Matt Smith is king of making the cut and finishing basically dead last on the weekend. Um, you know, should JT have made the playoffs? I absolutely think so. But when you think about it this way, and you think about it in terms of team sports, TJ and I both played hockey, played hockey together. We'll talk about it in terms of hockey terms. Right, they're trying to fill out a third line right winger, and the third line center is this guy's best friends, and he's played with them forever and they've played well together. And you know, a lot of people were you know, we'll bring up the name. A lot of people say Bryson DeChambeau finished way better in terms of all the majors, just went out and shot a 58. Bryson DeChambeau should be on the U S Ryder cup team. Now, what sort of like chemistry are you going to have with a guy like Bryson DeChambeau or Patrick Reed or Dustin Johnson? You know, yes, I know all these guys say we play together, t- we play you know together in practice rounds, yada, yada, yada. I mean, let's just use Bryson. It's the easiest example. You think Jordan Spieth wants to pray, play with Justin Thomas or Bryson DeChambeau. And I think when you think about it like that, when you frame it that way, uh, I think Justin Thomas will be on the Ryder cup team. I actually believe, believe uh and I, I talked myself into this pre-show i believe he should be on the rider cup team i think it will bring out the best in him i think you'll get top-notch max effort from him i think he's done everything in his power to showcase to zach johnson that he should be and wants to be on the team so i, I do think you see jt as a captain's pick and i understand the captain's pick uh i'll i'll go as far as saying that um, and yeah, I just can't imagine someone picking someone like Bryson DeChambeau. If you're Zach Johnson, because he shoots a 58 or because he played well in the majors. I don't know that it's the best chemistry. Maybe there's another name out there instead of JT that you could go after, uh, these days golf Twitter is all about Bryson versus JT, just cause he's relevant. Uh, and you know, Bryson goes out yesterday, shoots a 58 wins the live golf event at the Greenbrier An incredible feat to shoot a 58 is insane i don't care if you're playing the shortest tees in the world it's still a it's still a professional golf setup you know it could have played a little easier but shooting a 58 is absolutely absurd any thoughts on you know any final thoughts i guess on jt and then any thoughts on bryson's 58 that was out there
1: yeah i think i have come around to to jt should be on the team too also like everyone doesn't play every single round in the Ryder cup that's right that's right and I view JT as a guy that, like you said, really wants to be on the team, wants the team to win. And if he ends up being one of the guys that doesn't play as often as maybe he would, like he's going to be fine with that and like, you know, add to the team in, in another way in that, that third line, right winger type of role, as you said, yeah, Bryson with the 58, tr- truly incredible. And like, of course they're, you know, gonna, gonna stir up. Justin Thomas versus Bryson debates on Twitter, because if you're going to talk about like, oh, is it going to be Justin Thomas or Cameron Young? Like no, no one cares about that. That's not going to stir up any headlines. That's not going to, you know, get, get people angry and emotional about your take. So I think we'll continue to see these like live guys versus the PGA tour guys, the debate between those. But yeah, when you're, I'm looking at the Ryder cup kind of standings right now, and you're basically talking about Justin Thomas versus guys like, Max Homa, Cameron Young, Keegan Bradley, Colin Morikawa, Sam Burns, from a uh, PGA standpoint, and then you've got the the live guys, Bryson, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, it's uh, Patrick Reed. It's going to be more unique than ever, I think, in in assembling this team. And I guess what right now Brooks is the only live person that that has earned his way in and locked his spot. So will they? go ahead and pick any other live players I think is a interesting question. I mean, I'd probably put Bryson on the team just cause I think that also adds some, some flair to the event in general. So I think there's, there's value to that as well. But uh, yeah, Bryson certainly playing some good golf out there. And it was, it was kind of cool that he made that absolute bomb on 18 where it's like, okay, wow, he's about to break 60 and it's like, Nope. He's going, going for the full on fifty-eight, just hammering in like a fifty-footer or whatever that was. Yeah,
0: I mean, shout out my guy Bryson first and foremost. I mean, the king of golf headlines. Say whatever you want about Bryson DeChambeau, I, I, I have a hard time believing that anyone in the game today is has been more polarizing than Bryson has captured more attention than Bryson has changed the way he's played golf uh, more times, you know, than, than anybody. You know, Bryson was. 235 pounds looked like a middle linebacker just two years ago. And now he's slimmed down and playing golf completely different and out there shooting 58, uh, media hanging on pretty much everything he says. So shout out Bryce. And man, anytime you shoot 58 is absolutely insane. Um, I, I just think, one, a couple, couple counterpoints to what you said. One will Brooks even want to play? That's first and foremost, uh, Brooks, you know, is, is known as the guy who only wants to play majors and doesn't want to play more golf than he has to just had his first kid. So does Brooks even want to play? And then two, like, is Brooks fine playing with the guys in the PGA? I think the answer to the second question is, yeah, he's perfectly fine playing with anybody. I don't think you need to go out and get a live guy. I don't think it matters to him. Uh, golf is something he does professionally and he will go out and do it professionally with just about anybody uh i think the the, the question or the, the question to the first yo question is will he want to play does he want to play the Ryder cup we don't really know uh the details there we know that he basically judges himself on four tournaments a year and pretty much that's it so um it'll be interesting to see what happens with kepka um but yeah the the shambo 58 is is astronomical is incredible is awesome to see is, is great for golf and frankly is great for live uh, I know we we don't talk kind of live because uh there, there's no fantasy related to live just yet but um who knows what 2024 is gonna bring uh, but anytime you shoot 58 is absolutely insane so uh awesome and awesome accomplishment my, my
1: last Ryder cup take too is that it, it definitely when when you've got Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon forced in locked in, I think that makes things very different because I am pretty sure if they don't win majors, those are not two guys that are really even in consideration for for captains picks. So between the the live stuff and between those two guys locking into the top six, I feel like that that also adds a different spin to it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm very interested to see how well Wyndham Clark plays in the Ryder Cup this year. I think. Brian, at least my initial take on Brian Harmon is that he's wanted to play the Ryder Cup for a long time from what everyone has said or, and what everyone, uh, you know, everyone around him and what he said and what people around him have said. I feel like he could be like the new Kevin Kisner. Uh, He could go out and play really, really well and be really, really good in match play and kind of be this like, specialist kind of guy that always ends up in these spots where the Ryder cup is really important. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how, how Wyndham Clark plays. Just don't really know how his game translates to match play. And you know, all these guys are really good and uh, it'll matter how he, how he puts up, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, the U S team. I, I think Europe, uh, if you asked this question three, four months ago, I think, you know, everyone would say USA is a massive favorite. I still think the U S has the edge, but I think Europe team Europe has been playing quite, quite good golf over the course of the last two months, month and a half, two months. You know, you had a couple of guys emerge like eight, like Auberg and a few other guys as well. You know, Sep Straka has been playing fantastic. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens on the European side of the Ryder cup. Ryder cup is of course a rainmakers event. So, you know, if you're sitting there with JT in your collection, if you're a little bit sad that he's the bubble boy going to miss out in the next three weeks, of utility for the playoffs, he, I think should, and I think we'll be in the Ryder Cup. We'll get com—we'll get confirmation of that over the course of the next several weeks or so. But uh, September, late September, uh, the Ryder Cup is uh, an event on DraftKings Rainmakers. So, of course, uh, when that rolls around, we'll have everything for you. It'll be interesting to see how DraftKings does scoring for the that event. Ryder Cup plays a myriad of different formats. So it'll be interesting to kind of figure all that stuff out all together at once. All right. Um, any final thoughts, anything else we need to say on the Wyndham, uh, that we didn't wrap up and didn't say all good on my end. Yeah, I, I I agree. Only, 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 uh, other thing I'll say is golf is such a fickle game. I think we should really remember that, you know, it was not even a month ago that Billy Horschel had shot or a month and a half ago that Billy horsewood went out and shot an 84 at the Memorial in the PGA tour goes out and plays a fantastic tournament. Uh, you know, 72 plus two on the last round and still finishes fourth is pretty fantastic. So, you know, these guys are really good. It really does seem like at times it can be the flip of a coin. We of course are looking for any edges we can get in terms of data course setup, all of that stuff. But golf is really a game that has, a high amount of variance in it and every any given week anybody could beat anybody on the professional level so uh, I think it's really important to keep that in mind especially as we get into these playoff events trying to make your teams unique trying to navigate what is 70 players a no cut event uh, for the FedEx St. Jude over there at TPC Southwind course uh, should be a really fun event so uh, let's, let's kind of break it down, you know, first and foremost, uh, head on over to our site, the players page, otmnft.com, the players page. I'm actually going to share my screen today. Cause it's going to be a bit more of an interactive show than it typically is, uh, with only one show this week. So share my screen, head on over. Of course we have Scotty and Rom back in the field. And of course we have odds that look like Scotty and Rom are back in the field. Scotty at the top plus 600 Rom plus 800 Rory plus 850. Uh, Let's start at the top where it is uh, probably pretty apparent for anybody out there that Scotty Rom and Rory, the three best players uh, on the PGA tour right now, the three guys who've had the best seasons this year, they come in one, two and three uh, in terms of rankings. So uh, TJ, I'll just kick it over to you. Who do you like? And why do you like them? Uh, Because I think it's pretty easy. You could, Clearly, like all three of these guys, Uh, only one of them made the cut last year uh, at this event when the when the first playoff event was one hundred and twenty five guys. So that is a change this year. They've gone from one hundred and twenty five all the way down to 70 and it'll be a no cut event. So who do you like at the top and uh, why do you like who was who was the one who made who made the cut? rom i believe uh finished t7 or something like that uh last year at this event uh where rory and scotty i believe both both
1: ended up missing the cut got it the thing i'm looking at says otherwise Mm. i I am looking at fantasy national i see scotty in 14th rory t12 and rom Uh, blank but i don't know wgc saint jude history I don't know if I'm looking at something different possibly.
0: Uh w- maybe maybe that but, could be the case. I'm looking but Either uh, way. How we do that? Give us your take. I'm going to make sure we get the right data here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my take is definitely that you cannot go wrong with any any of these guys. I expect all three of them to perform and and think it's highly likely that they all finish in the top 10. I I've got Scotty as my number 1 on the list this this week. I think the The putter has been evening out a bit the past couple of, of tournaments. He's at least not like losing infinite strokes to the field with the putter and has even been, you know, gaining some slight strokes here and there in his past couple of finishes. He's still, you know, everything except for the open championship since may he's finished in the top five in every single event. And, you know, I think there's got to be a, a little, a little bit of fire in Scotty. Of he's sick of playing so well and and not getting that win. So I, I've got Scotty at the top of my list for all of those reasons. Just going with the incredible ball striking there as as my number one. And then, oh man, it's really tough to pick between Rory and Rom. But I think I'm going to go with Rory as as my kind of kind one of A here. I've got him as, you know, he's finished in the top six in this event in three of the last five years. Definitely has, again, someone who who's always rising to the occasion in the tougher fields. But like you could also say the same thing about Rom. So it's really splitting hairs when it comes to the three of them. I think as always in Rainmakers, it's a, it's a more unique question, interesting question to talk about whether or not, It's wise to play the three of them together in one lineup just because we essentially know that that's going to be a highly duped combination of three. And, you know, I'm usually against it, but I think as we get into these events where the fields are a little bit smaller and there's a little bit, a little fewer options to choose from, I, I think it's okay if you have the, the luxury to put them all together. But in general, I, I'm typically in favor of the strategy of if you've got each of them in your collection to diversify a bit and, and maybe use them as your captains across different lineups as opposed to to stacking them on top of each other. But <clears throat> so clear that, that they're the three best golfers in the world, the three best golfers in this field. And if you have them in your Rainmakers lineup, you're certainly clicking them on in Adding them to your captain spots, and uh, uh, it's just it's just a, a bummer for me that I've been kind of Scotty-less all season in Rainmakers, and and that has really limited my upside in so many of these tournaments. So if I could could turn back the clock, I would have bought some Scotty early on before the the price got absolutely insane. But uh, it is what it is, and I, I like Scotty a bunch this week.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree there. I I just to confirm, uh looking at the actual scoreboard uh from, from last year, uh, Rom did finish here at T five. Uh and then Scotty and Rory both didn't ended miss. up finishing on off the cut. So uh, Wow, that's wild. Yeah,
1: they they both finished so off Ram the cut. Line, T5 so Rom was T five last year.
0: So ROM T5 and those two guys did miss the cut. Um, you know, for me, I, I like to look at the pricing here, and I think the pricing is pretty sharp. Uh Scotty, in my opinion, as you so well said. It really has just been the putter, right? Like the question is so singular in does the putter show up or not? And when we talk about like the putter showing up, we don't even need him to really gain with the putter with how good he has been. So Scotty to me, clearly, uh, one a, uh, and yeah, I think the 1B decision, Rory or versus Rom, is so damn close. It's pretty hard to make a call. If if A player Rory shows up and A player Rom shows up, I bet you they finish in the top five, uh, and they're battling it out to see who wins. It comes down to a shot or two. Um, and I, I, I do think they're clearly the best three. I probably would play them together in terms of Rainmakers. Um, I think it's just like... You know it's just the, the quote unquote GTO not overthinking it. You can get yourself in so many different spots. So I would just play them together and get a little different uh in four and five. And I think yeah. it's pretty easy to get different in four and f- four and five. Uh, when you look at this board, I mean there's so many things to like. Uh I zoomed in a little too far, so you can't see names. Let me zoom back out here. Um, you know, you're you're coming down this list: Cantley, Shafley, Hovland, Hatton, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Finao. I mean, there's the somebody out there is probably going to look at history and see Tony Finau uh, has played really well here. And of course, history kind of lines up and maybe this is the event that he turns it on. Right. Whereas yo, know, you and I, we've been following Finau pretty closely hit. He's been pretty, I've been pretty down on Finau. So, you know, I, I think it's a pretty easy spot to just say, I'll get different in at least one of the you know, last couple spots I have in my lineup. Now, if you have like middling options where you have a ton of you know, Can'tley, Hovland, Hatton, Ka- you have a ton of these guys from, you know, plus 2,000 to plus 4,000. And you, you can build two, three, four good lineups. Maybe you do think about changing it up captain-wise. Maybe you do, uh you know, not put those guys together or maybe you put two of them together. But I think it's such an interesting conversation that if you have, you know, a relatively decent-sized portfolio where you're not, like, stacked and you don't have tons of golfers, I'd still be just building one damn lineup that has the best ceiling that you possibly can put together. And for me and my money, I can't imagine a ceiling any higher than, you know, the three of Scheffler, Rom, and, and Rory,
1: and then fill it out with, four, with two other guys. Agreed. I think that that's the right strategy. If you have the smaller collection, if if you're someone out there that has tons and tons of cards and you maybe even have multiple of Scotty, Rom, Rory, I think there's definitely a unique build, where you play all three of them, but don't use any of them as the captain and, you know, go with Tommy Fleetwood as a captain or Victor Hovland as a captain. Right. Uh, I think that's, that's definitely one way to get unique, but agreed. I think this this time of year and the rest of the way, it's going to be a play that optimal strategy, play the best plays, put all of your best golfers into one super lineup, put all of your second best golfers into a second super lineup and uh, hope, hope to, to take down some cash money late here in the Rainmaker season.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I like to think of it like this, right? When you look at the leaderboard on Friday afternoon, and you have a bunch of guys kind of trying to move up the board, and we have no cut event, so again, cut not really in play. But you know, coming Saturday and Sunday, you want to have guys in your rainmakers lineup that has you know upside, that has top ten potential, that has winning upside. Uh, you you look at your team late Friday afternoon, and you know Rom is in first, and Scotty's in third, and Rory's in eighth. Uh, and and you tried to put them in different lineups and you have a couple of guys down the bottom of the board, you're going to be like, why didn't I just put them together? Right. You're going to kick yourself. Uh, and so for me, uh, I would just be trying to avoid that situation because it is, uh, Based on everything we've seen this year, based on odds, it is something that is more likely to happen than not. So uh should be very interesting. All right, I want to bring up uh DraftKings playoff contest. So gonna share the DraftKings site. A couple of things here. First and foremost, uh, there is the playoff gated set for those of you that went out and got those cards and those packs, those packs were available they have since sold out it should be a really fantastic set of contests this week it's 50k next week it's 100k the tour championship the week after that it's 200k um you can use your playoff gated set in other contests so you could you know decide that you pulled some playoff guys that you want to use in the in the guaranteed contest you can certainly do that but you can only play the playoff set in this rare contest uh the there is only one contest it is rare requirements i think this is a mistype here uh where you could use core rarity there were no core playoff cards and as you can see the only player cards uh that can be used are the playoff set. So rare was the bottom end of the barrel in terms of the playoff set. So I believe it will be a contest where you need at a minimum five rares. You can use, uh you can use elite. You can use rainmaker. You can use legendary uh, because there is one singular contest. I expect there to be a ton of duplicates. You know, we talk about duplicates I expect there to be a ton of duplicates of Rom, Rory, Scotty, and then, You know, even just looking at the odds board, I expect there to be a lineup out there that is, you know, Scotty, Rom, Rory, Cantlay, uh, Shoffley, or Hovland, uh, because they're the chalkiest guys. So uh, I think serial number is important here. I think making sure you're aware of how high your serial is, if you're playing a combination of Scheffler, Rom, Rory, if you've got all rares and you're playing these three guys together and your serial number is, you know, quite high, say it's. 2000 plus uh just those couple of guys together you really need to get different at both spots four and five you will need a you will likely be duplicated in many instances uh if you're using guys at the top of the board so i think you need to reach uh down the board i don't think you need to get too crazy at captain i think you can go with like scotty rory or Ram at captain but i do think you need to get different and by different i mean you know I mean, a Tom Kim, I mean, a Cam Young, I mean, a Brian Harmon. Uh, I, I, you really need to get different. Sepp Straka, somebody who played really well. Uh, we talked about Sepp Straka's playoff, uh, playoff performance, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Sepp Straka has played pretty well in the playoffs when he's got his chance to play there. So I think you got to get different. You got to get unique and uh, you, you just have to be aware and cognizant that in that contest, in that gated contest, it, it. Serial will matter. There will be enough entries where duplicates will matter. So, uh, just being aware of that, aware of that going into it is is it's most important in my opinion. Um, wanted to share the payout structure here. Uh, so there are twenty one. Uh, twenty places. Sorry, uh, getting solid amounts of cash: five k, two k, one k to one through three. There are tons of these playoff packs for twenty first to five hundred and twentieth. So these play playoff packs were ninety nine dollars, uh, ninety nine dollar value there. And then you know this extends all the way down to eighteen hundred. Uh, at as of now. There's only 750 entries, but it is Monday afternoon. I expect there to be a lot of entries in this contest. I believe the math was somewhere around 7,000 plus lineups if every card was used. So I expect there to be a lot of contests, uh, a lot of entries in that contest. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun contest. I think this week is, we got an interesting question. Shout out to Sergeant Stogie, actually. Interesting question of, should we still be playing our best rare cards or our best playoff cards in the guaranteed contest? So in either the rare guaranteed or the elite guaranteed. I think elite guaranteed is more interesting because the prize pool is bigger. You'll have you know more chance to get paid out in straight cash versus you guys saw 21st to 520th place is going to get rewarded with a playoff pack, which you know, you're only going to get, playoff utility the next two weeks out of those cards. Um, I will say that you're going to want the most playoff cards for that tour championship. So trying to angle towards having the most amount of guys in the top 30 is going to be most important. $200,000 prize pool uh, in that tour championship, 50 K to first for the tour championship going to be probably in my opinion, you know, outside of, I'm sure the, 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 um, the qualifying finalists for the live final that they had, it's going to probably be the most fun, uh, DraftKings Rainmakers event of the season. So, uh, really looking forward to that one, but I do think you want to be thinking about your buys now, uh, because there's going to be a guy or two that are in like spot 30 to 50, 30 to 40 that plays well this week, that rises, gets into the BMW that plays well and gets into the top 30. So, um, you know, think about those buys, think about that opportunity to buy, sell, play the marketplace. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun, fun next three weeks in terms of FedEx cup playoff. Uh, did you buy any playoff packs? TG you, you into the playoff contest? Are we sticking with you sticking with the guarantees for now?
1: I did not get any playoff packs. So I'm, I'm sticking with my guarantees. I'll be, I'll be grinding the rare guaranteed contest as my, my primary go-to and putting all my, all my best cards into that one.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, so for somebody out there that, you know, is intrigued that might be listening to this one thing that I noticed and that I've been doing, uh, in, in the last week or so since the playoff contest were announced, you know, I've been, thinking about how do I get at least a lineup in, in each one of these contests. So, you know, when you start looking at pricing, you can build some solid middling teams for, you know, less than a hundred bucks at certain times. Now, should you go out and do that? Not, not suggesting that you should, but, in my opinion, I do think that there are some solid deals to be had on the marketplace. Uh, prices have definitely gone up. Last week, when I was looking at Scotty, Rahm, and Rory, they were cheaper. Unfortunately, I did not pull the trigger on any of these three guys. I do think you'll probably need, you know, at least one or two of these guys in your lineups to take home that top prize in terms of what happens in you know next week at the BMW and the final week in the Tour Championship. But there are some really nice prize uh, uh, prices out there on some guys that I think have a great chance to not play, not just play this week next week but also play in the tour championship so uh if you're out there putting your playoff lineups together definitely take a look at that take a look at some pricing and somebody like i said somebody in the top 70 this week that's ranked 55th or ranked 58th maybe like hideki matsuyama and yeah as mad as hideki made me last week with that miscut uh expecting him to play pretty well at Southwind, where iron play is important where approach play is paramount hideki you know pretty unlucky last week. I think he could be a nice riser uh, that plays this week, plays well, plays and gets into the BMW championship and then possibly plays pretty well there and gets himself into the tour championship. Uh, we are going to see prices on these assets rise as they find themselves in the top 50 for next week. And as they find themselves in the top 30 for the tour championship. So to me, I think that's something to keep in mind. Uh wanted to make sure we showed that, highlighted that, and uh, hit on it because it's a it's a three week grind here for PGA Tour guys, and it's going to be a pretty fun, p- f- pretty fun set of events. Um, all right, well, let's dive into more into Southwind. Um, you know, we talked about the top of the board. You know, at this middle middling set to me is, in hindsight, I think where. You're going to need to make the right decisions. And I really like a guy like Victor Hovland. I think Vic has played really, really good golf all year long. I think, you all know, to see Cantlay and Shafley with better odds than Vic kind of makes sense to me, but overall I would say that nobody's game is in better spot than, than Hovland took a nice little break uh, over the course of last week, week plus, I think he's been on vacation. So he saw some cool stuff on social media from him and I think he's coming in really charged up, you know, remember that, the winner of this FedEx Cup is going to take home 18 million dollars. It is, you know, a incredibly lucrative uh, amount, you know, lucrative you know set of dollars to play well over the course of the next three weeks. So I really like, you know, Hovland. Hatton is another guy we've talked about on this show quite a bit. Uh, probably no better ball striker that I can think about other than Hatton right now. Uh, just playing incredibly well, and the numbers all make sense for Tyrrell. Uh, those two guys are definitely probably the biggest two guys on my radar outside of the top three uh and, and a little sad to say because I thought Cantlay would be in that mix uh I bought uh some Cantlay earlier in the year and just hasn't panned out maybe he pans out in the playoffs but I definitely expect Hoblin Hatton, Hatton to play a little bit better and I'd be a little bit more comfortable with them than Cantlay this week and he takes uh from you teach in this like middle range middle to top end range yo. Know, because we only have 70 guys in the field I'm thinking yo know, 3,000 and up
1: Agreed on <clears throat> Hovland and Hatton. I think that they've kind of been my favorites throughout the entire season in in that general like second tier of golfers, and and I'm not not changing that up today. Tommy Fleetwood, also somebody who's just been in in great recent form and, and playing really well, so I I do like him a bit. Although I, I don't know that these formats are necessarily the greatest for him, but but still like Tommy there. You mentioned Tony earlier in the show. Are, are we back on the Tony Finau train? One one good weekend, and we're back, or or, or is that just the bias of we have Tony in collection, therefore uh, our eyes just gravitate to him? Yeah. I mean, I think it's
0: definitely a little bit of confirmation bias for me. I'll tell you one thing. I've not been more tilted by two guys other than Hideki Matsuyama and Tony Finau seemingly can't play well together. Don't have, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is data. Maybe the courses that Tony plays well at. You know, know, Hideki doesn't play good at and vice versa, but man, they have been freaking so tilting for me all season long. Uh, It's been more Tony than Hideki as of recent, uh, but no Hideki really, really crushed me this week. So it's been a massive struggle to get them right. I think. You know, you think about Southwind, right? If you think about, you know, I personal, my personal recollection of Southwind was 2019, I believe, DJ went out and shot 30 under, like some astronomical number, beat the field by 10 plus shots or something like that. I remember vividly watching it. I remember how easy it looked for DJ. He was hitting those little baby cut drives. He was hitting short wedges into these par fours that all play like between 390 and 440 450 where you get 100 125 to 150 a ton and he was just hitting everything so close and i think those are the kind of courses where he grades well where he can play well where if he hits driver you know the way he knows and the way he can hit driver he's going to have wedges and short wedges and short irons into these greens of course it will matter does the putter cooperate? um but yeah, I think w- when Tony needs to make birdies and you are sitting, you're looking staring at a birdie fest, I'm more comfortable playing F now than when you're you know needing to grind out pars because he just doesn't make enough putts to grind out pars. His short game's not good enough to grind out pars when he's chipping around the greens, he's hitting it to 10 feet. And you know you're gonna miss 10 footers, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent of the time, depending on you know the kind of putt you have. So I- I'm more on Tony this week than I've been in recent weeks. So uh yeah, whether that is my portfolio. Telling me that I'm on Tony, or my, my head or my heart, uh sort of both on Tony this week. What do you think? I feel like you've been pretty good at sniffing out when Tony's going to be a fraud and when he'll when he'll play well. So I'm more interested in your take here than anything else.
1: Ah, uh, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I I've got a rare for you now in the collection as well, so I'll definitely be playing him. he will probably even make his way into my my top lineup. <clears throat> I don't I don't feel the greatest about it, but for all the reasons you just said, I mean, Tony's still an elite golfer when you you zoom out longer term here. So I, I prefer the Hovlands and the Hattons and Fleetwood as well that I just mentioned, but I think it's fair for Tony to be, you know, right in that mix there and, and above some of the the people that are below him in odds. So yeah, I, I think, you know, Tony is Tony just expect that you're likely to go through some level of frustration at some point during during the week when you got Tony in your lineups with uh just you know some of these putts that he's missing like you said it's uh it's a bit of a pain but <clears throat> yeah don't don't mind Tony at all and then we've got a big group of golfers in this 30 to one plus range pr- probably the largest that we've seen from like 30 to one to say fifty to one. There there's yep. a lot of it's massive. A lot of options in that range. And it gets a little dicey, I think, here. And and here's where, you know, when I'm looking at the underlying stats, there's not really any one golfer that sticks out above the rest in that range. So I think it's well well, A, of course, it's about who you own in your portfolio and not. But you know, Henley, I think, has been playing some good golf. So I I like him a decent a bit at that forty to one kind of range. Hideki, man, Hideki had a rough go. Rough, rough. Yeah. Go le- all right. Let's let me game. let me yeah, tilt. We didn't, even, we didn't even get the Hideki tilt segment. Yeah. Let me tilt guy.
0: Hideki for 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 a minute or two here. Shout out Barrick and Discord. Uh, You know we're always we're we're on the Hideki train. We have multiple deckies in the collection. He's usually you know someone anchoring the top lineup. I will say this: Hideki played. Fine. Uh, Hideki did not play good enough to quote unquote win the event, obviously miscut. Um, but man, I've not seen two more unlucky breaks than what Hideki had on Friday. If anyone watched, it was, you know, it was uh it was a, a car wreck that you couldn't take your eyes off of if you were someone that had him in your collection. So there's only two par fives last week on both of those par fives. Hideki tries to go for the green into, he hits basically not worm burners, but from a PGA tour standpoint, like as worm burners of a shot of shots, as you can possibly hit low rising shots, especially the one on the back nine. He, you know, I mean, this, this iron didn't go more than, six, seven feet off the ground. Truly insane. He buries it right into the face of a bunker. The back nine shot. You couldn't even see the ball. The ball was so buried in the sand. He couldn't locate it. He actually needed to call rules official over. Um, and, and you're watching this and he had just made uh, a birdie previously. He was coming back from having this happen on the front nine where he made double. He makes a seven. He's, literally a shot off the cut line on a par five where if he just makes birdie, he needs one more birdie to probably get in, probably make the cut. It turned out he needed two more uh, because the cut did, Cut did move uh, up one, but in general, it was just such a frustrating experience. He, of course, finds his ball, has to hack it out. Um, It it was just incredible to have to hit as many bunker shots as he hit in two par fives. On the first par five, he hit three bunker shots. Then he basically hit two bunker shots because on the back nine, he basically had to just hack it out the ball came right off the bunker into the collar uh, ends up making bogey uh, and to make seven and six on the two par fives is, you know, I can only imagine how he felt. I felt frustrated. I can only imagine how mad he would have been. Uh, It was funny to see some of the, you know, social media around Hideki, you know, it it had been coming out positively and he was pretty much his stoic self, uh, not going to get too high or too low from a Hideki standpoint. But I, I mean, he had to be absolutely, Boiling inside. I had a decky captain in my elite gated that actually cashed without a captain. Uh Cat Min cashed for 75 bucks. So that's how pretty solid the team was. Had Henley, had Poston, uh just was a solid, solid team. Just couldn't 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 kind of hold it together with Hideki and then had another team that was probably even better in the rare gated, uh, didn't have H- Hideki captain had him as my core that I played up. Uh, but it had Glover, it had Poston, it had Henley captain. So, um, it was, it was real. It was really, really tilting week. And uh, it was, I would be remiss. It was my son's birthday. Anyone following me on Twitter it was my son's birthday uh, on Sunday. We had his kid party and I was fully anticipating being, you know, sort of on my phone watching the kids play, but it was so easy with no captain to just, completely log out, not even not even sweat the contest. only looked at uh, who ended up winning and then caught all the PGA Tour highlights Sunday night. So uh, yeah, the Hideki tilt last week, <laughs> it was funny. I was in Discord and I had to like check myself. I was like, I'm actually mad, firing messages in Discord. And yeah, that's what happens in PGA Tour golf and fantasy golf sometimes. So uh, pretty tough, pretty tough swing for Hideki. I think plus 4,000 is just a little too too high on him or sorry too low of a number on him a number on him especially like in terms of outrights i don't i don't hate him for golf uh standpoints but i just think like i'll take this week i'll take Straka, i think over hideki um i just don't know that hideki's fully there he did putt really well it was awesome to see him putting pretty well uh and he was making a ton of those like 6 to 10 footers which you know typical hideki you, you misses a good bit of those so to see him make a good bit of those was, was was pretty was pretty good to see so uh i'll still have hideki in one of my top lineups this week i'll still be on that hideki train but um yeah. Hopefully he can just bounce back. I think I like Straka and I think I like Henley both over Hideki this week. I just think that they're playing a little better golf. This range is really big, as you said, uh, I think so. So let's, let's talk about it in terms of lineup construction. Cause I'm interested in your take here. Like if you had Rom, Rory, Scotty, whoever we name your captain doesn't matter. And you were, Gonna say I want Hovland, right? We know Hovland's gonna be popular. Every Hovland card is gonna be in play. You, know, you want to go? You want to skip? Can't lay Schafley? You're gonna go Hovland. How different do you need to get? Do you need to go as far down as you know? uh You know Hideki? Or do you need to go further down? Do you need to go to like Corey Connors? You know someone that far down? A JT poster who's playing you know hotter than a firecracker. What, what's your take there? And like, are you where are you comfortable that like if I'm duped, I'm duped, but I'm probably not duped that many times.
1: Yeah, I think definitely getting into the the Straka range should be totally fine there. Uh, I I don't don't have any issues there. And you know, l- looking beyond Straka, it it gets a little rough. You mentioned Corey Connors. Don't mind him. <clears throat> Whenever I mentioned Corey Connors, I feel like I always in the same breath mentioned Keegan Bradley. So yep. I don't mind him. Uh, Lucas Glover playing well. Coming off of the the win last week, so I don't mind him. But for the most part, I you know, if you've got one of those lineups where you're jamming in those top three studs, you don't want to like punt it away on yourself by by trying to throw like you know Emiliano Grillo in there. I, I know he, he's wow he's your what? there. You're going to choose my guy Grillo of of all guys. Throwing throwing throw your guy there. Jeez. So yeah, if I if I was was stacking up, I'd. I'd pick from one of the guys that's 40 50 to 1 or better and and add out that lineup and I think not too much risk of of being duped at that point or at least not being duped multiple times. So it feels feels like the right range to me and again feels like once you get to above 50 to 1 it's it's a little dicey in terms of is the you know is the optimal elite winner really going to have a Si Kim or a Denny McCarthy. Of course, of course it's possible. But um I'm I'm mostly looking at the the top of the board for those lineups and then reserving some of the more off the wall stuff for the pack parties or or whatever other contest that you're playing in.
0: Guys, I mean, it's hard for me to sit here on this show as the host and like hear TJ talking so much smack about my guy, Emiliano Grillo, because the two lineups that TJ has built for me all year long are my best two scores of all of Rainmakers. They're two $500 scores. We are going to build uh, a lineup that I do put into uh, the top event this week from an elite gated standpoint or an elite guaranteed standpoint. But I will say this. TJ is going to get a choice. Brian Harmon. Or Emiliano Grillo oh, is wow. going to be the captain of my oh, top baby. team this week. Uh, I, I think the, the Grillo hate is is not is not exactly warranted. Uh, I think he's one of the better ball strikers. I think he's one of the better approach players. I think his name is so unfamiliar that like he's gone under the radar. He's played incredibly good over the course of the last – I'm like, looking month at his
1: numbers now, and He does um, look pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean it's hard to you – know, Of course there are better golfers than Emiliano Grillo in this event. But go look at the go look at the leader. I mean, heck, we had the leaderboard up. Look at the leaderboard from last year's event. You know, you go to the top of this leaderboard. You know, you got guys like you know, Will Zalatoris, Sep Straka, Brian Harmon, Lucas Glover, Tony Finau. Uh, guess what? John Rahm was in this field. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was in this field. Rory McElroy was in this field. Yes, it was a completely different year of golf. Yes, golf is variant. But, like, yo, these guys, and this is why I say this because I do think it is so easy to fall into that trap of, like, Hey, the odds say they're the best guys. It's golf. There are going to be some surprises. There are going to be some guys that play really well this week. And I think trying to take some chances is definitely a way to go, especially if you're fortunate enough to be playing a lineup of Scotty, Rory, Rom. You've heard us say it. We'll say it again. They're the three best players in golf. I probably, if I had them in my collection, I would just play them together. That's what I would do. But there is going to be somebody like an Emiliano Grillo or a Brian Harmon or, you know, JT Poston that plays really well, that finishes in the top three this week or finishes in the top five. It's just how golf works. It's just the matter of playing golf. So while we can make as informed guesses and educated guesses as we as we can. Uh, when it comes down to playing 72 holes of golf, you really never know exactly what's going to happen. It's all about momentum. It's all about striking at the right time, rolling in putts from 10, 15, 25 feet. Uh, so I, I just wanted to to call that out there. Um, and especially more
1: than ever in in these FedEx Cup playoffs, right? I mean, you've, you've got all the best golfers on the PGA Tour competing. So I, I definitely agree that it, it would not at all be shocking to see one of these guys end up in the, the top five in the top three when all is said and done. I'm sorry, right, gonna, Mr. Grillo apologies for the hatred. We're,
0: we're going to, we're going to build, we're going to build a team. Uh good question here from, uh, from John hammer. He says I'm late hammer. Don't, it's okay. No need to apologize for being late. He says, what are your thoughts on selling off playoff elites given they don't have value beyond cereals for the gate?" I completely agree. I'd be selling them off. Uh, I'd be selling all the Rainmakers, all the, you know, all the legendaries. I personally don't play at those levels. So if you were lucky enough to pull a Rainmaker or a legendary from those playoff packs that were 99 bucks, if you don't play in that tier of contests, if you're not going to play in that tier of contests, other than, other than the fact that like, of course, if I had a Scotty, I, I, or or rory or rom i might hold on to it but frankly isn't it better to just go look at what like a low serial rare rom would be selling for and trying to snipe one of those off the marketplace and selling off the elite asset or the the legendary asset i just think there's other ways to play it um and quite frankly maybe other people aren't thinking like that. Maybe people are just like slow to process this information. So if you put that together sooner rather than later, you get a sale that's, you know, and and maybe there's guys at the legendary level that are happy to pay, you know, a little bit more, uh, for, you know, the, the legendary asset because they can use them in the legendary gated contest and, or sorry, the the legendary guaranteed contest and not the playoff event. So I, I do think it's very interesting that they sold packs, that had all of the tiers in it. I thought it was a great selling point. And, you know, frankly, I would be selling all those assets and I would just buy the rare. I would just go get yourself the rare. That's all that you need to play in this contest. Um, Who knows what 2024 looks like? Of course, you know, DraftKings did come out and say, you'll be able to use these 2023 assets in 2024. Um, I expect that to be like very... very specific gated contest to only the 2023 set. I expect it to be pretty small prize pools. Um, I expect it to be more for fun and continuing to enjoy your collection versus, you know, grinding out a profit there. So that's just my take. I think now's the time to sell these assets and get the best for them. Uh, And if you want to play that same card, just go buy the rare. I think it's the easiest way to do it. I wanted to hit that question. Yeah, I, actually two guys, TJ, I want to get your take on, uh, we'll, we'll do, we'll do the chats guy first and our, and our, our famous, a famous man, Mr. PPE. He says, what about Siwu? Siwu made the cut? didn't play that well. You know, I still believe that like nobody makes birdies in bunches as good as Siwu does. This is a course where you're going to need to make birdies. It's going to be, you know, 15, 16, 17 under par to win this thing. Heck, like I said, we, we saw DJ go minus 30 on this course. So it, what's your take on Siwu plus seven thousand you know when you look at where he's sitting he's like around Lee Hodges and Harris English and Keith Mitchell like to me you cam Davis I think is pretty comparable from in C, from a Siwu perspective i I think Siwu can make birdies just the same way Cam Davis does and probably makes less big numbers than Cam Davis. So like if you gave me head to head matchup, Siwoo versus Cam Davis, and that was getting plus money, I'll just take Siwu. but I'm interested in your take uh, on Siwu, And then I have another guy I want to ask. That's a little bit more
1: quote unquote in your wheelhouse, but interested in your Siwoo take. I think Siwu always has more upside than the people that he's priced around. Uh, he's, you know, a really, really good ball striker looking at the stats over the last 24 rounds. He's sixth in this entire field. T to green, seventh off the tee and 15th on approach. Also pretty good around the greens as well. But just really, really struggles with the putter near near the bottom of the field. 63rd when it comes to putting. So, you know, a little bit of a... This is not at all a fair comparison because of consistency. But, but it's got some Scotty Scheffler undertones like... Not not even Scotty Scheffler light, like four levels below of Scotty Scheffler Light. So he's like the D version of Scotty Scheffler. But uh, I do I do like the upside there. And so for Rainmakers tournaments, I, I would definitely be comfortable putting Siwoo into the mix. And, you know, like you said, even if his he's also someone because he makes the birdies, right? He's often going to outscore his finishing position when it comes to DraftKings points. So the same way that I think in general, he has more upside in any tournament than the people around him and priced around him. Wherever he finishes, he most likely has outperformed the people that finished at the same number as him when it comes to how many DraftKings points he had scored because where some guys maybe rattled off five pars, Siwoo made three birdies, got a streak, and you know made one bogey and one double bogey. And so from draft Kings and thinking about it that way, you definitely get that, that built in upside and he's going to score you the fantasy points, which is what we're all looking for in, in these games. So I, I, I do like see like it. Uh, I think we'll have a very similar take on this next
0: guy, but I'll just let you give the take. I'm very interested in, in the flop lag that is Denny McCarthy, Denny McCarthy and DFS last week was the most owned guy uh, in some of the bigger tournaments ended up missing the cut, uh, missed it, barely had a chance to uh, make the cut and missed it on the number. Um, interested in what your take is on Denny McCarthy at a course like uh, TPC Southwind where birdies are out there and somebody uh, has probably the hottest putter on the PGA tour all season long. So interested in what you think on Denny.
1: Oh, yeah. Not not even the hottest putter all season long, but for a couple of years now. And, you know, De- Denny is like, on one hand, a completely different profile from Wu as a golfer. But they also have that same similar thing where it's like on any given week, they have a ton of upside or it can just be a total flop. So where Wu is a great ball striker but struggles with the putter, Denny, not so great on the ball striking, but the number one putter in the field. And so both of those things can lead to to really strong finishes. And, you know, you see it with, with Denny's last five rounds where he's got three top 10 finishes, another where he finished T20, and then two missed cuts. And, and a lot of times that's what you're looking at with Denny. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers all season long. <clears throat> he basically either finishes in the top 25, often even in the top 20, top 15, or he misses the cut. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's a unique one, but I, I always like Denny in these kinds of ranges too. in general, putting is the least predictable stat on the PGA Tour, but there's always exceptions to the rule. And again, he's done it not only this season, but for many seasons prior to this one, like it's just Denny is better than most people at putting the golf ball and putting the ball into the hole. And at the end of the day, the point of golf is to get the ball into the hole as quickly as you can. So I, I like Denny as well. I think uh, you probably picked out, you know, two of my favorite guys in this range. And, and and in terms of upside, right, which is what we're looking for here. These are tournaments. A lot of them you need to get towards very high in the, in the field in order to cash for significant dollars. We're not talking about 50-50s or head-to-head double up kind of things here. So, yeah, Siwoo and Denny, I, I like both of them as upside plays that you can can mix into your lineups. Great analysis. I completely agree. I, I'll i say it again. If you're going to go
0: with Rom, Rory, Scheffler, and the likes of Hatton, Hovland, Cantlay, I think Siwoo, I think uh, Denny McCarthy, I think these guys that had Cam Davis also. We've talked about Cam Davis on this show. I mean, Cam Davis is going to you know, – he's going to go – really low or he's going to just play middling golf have a couple of mistakes here or there make a seven make an eight uh and, and sort of not not play as good and got to remember these are no cut events guys uh these guys don't have to worry about making a cut on friday you're going to get saturday and sunday points for these guys you're looking to put together ceiling lineups you're looking to put together lineups that can chase down that top prize so i think those couple of guys that we rattled off help you get different and have as elite of ceilings as just about any golfer that's going to be in that range. Of course, they're not going to have as big a ceilings as the top guys, but uh, for guys that are priced uh, in terms of odds at 70 to one 65 to one, um, it, it's pretty hard to find guys with, with bigger ceilings than, than those guys. So uh, yeah, I think, it, I think that's quite interesting this week. All right. Any final thoughts you had before we build, what, what do you want to do T? You want to build a lineup or you want to give us your winner? Uh, what, what, what you want to do?
1: are we only doing one or the other or are we doing no nah, we'll do both 10. let's do one first well, let's build the lineup first give, and then we we'll gotta the get the people your winner so i mean we'll, that, it, that's we'll the, build a lineup and then we'll do the winner that's and a lot we'll all shut right it down. let's go to
0: lineup builder uh we're gonna build an elite gated lineup um we're going to remove my lineups from last week and we'll build at the top. So let's go to elite. We got eight in play this week. Finao, Harmon, Matsuyama, JT Poston, Lee Hodges, Emiliano Grillo, Adam Svenson, Adam Shank. Uh, tough to see this Adam Scott card. was really pulling for Adam Scott? Yeah, you know, everyone talking about JT, the bubble boy. That's surprising Adam that Scott he's not in there. Yeah. Finishes 72nd, hmm. finishes two Man, off. Man, I feel
1: like he's been playing well this season, too.
0: He really has. I think very interestingly uh, in terms of like guys that play on the weekend, have a big name in golf. He just never finished near the top of the board. No wins. Only two top 10 finishes. Uh, Three now, I think, after last week's, I think he finished T7 there. Uh, So needed to finish in the top five in order to get himself in and wasn't able to do so. Uh, Pretty, pretty tough finish for a guy like Adam Scott, who has been like a keystone in my rainmakers lineups. uh, And maybe why I haven't finished at the top, not, not getting enough guys finishing in the top 10 on a regular basis. All right, let's build a team. But like I said, I mean, I just, I'm just going to go with my guys this week. I'm not going to have, uh, I'm going to have Rom and, and Rory potential, or sorry, Rom and Scheffler potentially, because I've got Rom and Scheffler rares. So I'm not going to have those guys at captain. So I need to get a little bit different. Um, And to me, I just think it's Brian Harmon or Emiliano Grillo for me right now, and uh, yeah, that's where I am. But I want, I want to see you. I, w- I want you to build the team. Don't take, uh, don't take my advice. I want you to build the squad. Like I said, TJ has literally built two of my top winning teams this year. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm here for what you want to do.
1: I like Harmon as captain. I think best okay. Start there is. You know, I obviously coming off the major victory, but even prior to that, was playing playing great golf, won the open, twelfth at the Scottish Open, ninth at the Rocket Mortgage, second at the Travelers. So I think third last in, year here, 36 third life, yep. the year before that.
0: So yeah, I just, I think Harmon sets up really well here. Don't need to hit it a mile, uh, but Harmon hits it far enough. He's going to have those short wedges. He's going to have those uh, shorter irons in. And yeah, if Harmon puts like he putted uh, any anywhere near uh, like he putted at the open championship, I think he'll be in great contention uh, to
1: win this thing this week. Yeah. And I mean, Poston has been playing some playing some good golf. Uh yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna go with Tony in this one. We're gonna we're gonna fade fade Tony again. All right, let's let's plug in the rares first. I mean we're gonna plug Rom and Scotty. Yeah, right? let's go Rom and Scotty. Rom and Scotty. So we got
0: two decisions to make. I mean here. we got yeah, two. Yeah, so we really got two to make. And you you want grit? you want grillo? No, don't we don't have to, we don't have to have grillo. We, we I want the lineup you want, my friend.
1: mm Mm-mm. mm Mm-mm-mm. Ah, uh, I feel like. Ah, uh, but we're talking about a lot of birdies, which is not the greatest for Hideki, and also like the no cut thing, not the greatest for Hideki Poston. Hold on, I'm I'm uh, Poston keeps like I don't know. My brain keeps going to Poston here. Let's let's pop him in there. I like it. Posting probably.
0: Probably the second best putter uh, right now in terms of the field. Yeah. I mean, Denny's obviously clear, number one. I think Poston's probably two or three. If I look at putting stats, I, I you see guys like Hatton pop, uh, Eric Cole pop, but like Poston's right there uh, with those guys. I think... His striking of the ball has been what, to me, has been such an improvement. Uh, I mean, his short game has been pretty good. Yeah, his all-around game uh, looks pretty good. I, J.T. Poston has been probably the uh, the biggest surprise in my collection over the course of the last month because all the guy does is finish in the top
1: 20, even top 10, uh, and runs down chances to win on Sunday. Yeah, yep. so I like that. Yeah, you know, the, the more I think about it, I, I definitely am coming around to, to the putter being – Important this week with the no cut, with the need to make birdies, you're going to need to make putts, and like it's just, it's tough looking at Finau and Hideki because I, two of the worst putters that that you can imagine, and it's funny because typically Grillo used to fall into that category, but Grillo's actually been putting the ball fantastically all season long. I mean, he's it looks like over his last like twelve or so rounds, he's only lost strokes putting twice, and both of those times it was less than a stroke putting I know I yeah gut reacted a little negatively towards him earlier on the show but I'm gonna go against my own advice now that I've taken a little bit of a deeper look somebody that I've yeah I mean he's 15th overall in the field and strokes gain total really solid everywhere his biggest downfall is around the greens which in this tournament is probably the thing I'm willing to sacrifice the most. And he's our guy. I mean, yeah, when you get to the playoffs, you just got to play your guys. So let's fire in Emiliano as the last player in this lineup. And I had
0: this feeling that you were going to be like all rattle off all that stuff and then be like, and Tony Finau is the guy. <laughs> so I literally was like, I'm clicking Grillo now before he can even do this to me. Cause I, I can't, I can't. Uh, I mean, like t-
1: Tony has honestly just, I have a personal vendetta against him right now <laughs> because I, I, I love Tony. I've played Tony in DFS for years and he was like the first, one of the first rainmakers cards I like made sure I got, and he just has stunk for me. All year long. So here's the lineup. We got the two studs in Scotty and John Rahm. We've got some of our favorites in Harmon, Poston, and Grillo, rounding things out with the elite level. I think I think that's a nice one there. I think it gives a great balance of of insanely high upside, but also some unique nature in the build, uh, especially when you get to to Poston and Grillo. Yeah,
0: I, I I love the Harmon captain here. Uh, you know, you got Rom, you got Scotty. The Harmon captain is sort of the key, right? We've said this, you know, time and time again. The captain is so important in Rainmakers. Uh, you're going to get four rounds this week, so you're not going to have to worry about that miscut. I think Harmon as a putter, somebody that can just rally, make make a few birdies in a row, try to avoid bogeys here. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm really excited about this lineup. And to me, this is like even this is so far off the board that like, I I'm not worried about duplicates at all here, you know, and it has two of Scotty and Rom and Rory. So, you know, I, I think you don't need to really go that crazy to get different and to get the guys that you really want in your lineup build. Like we always say, build the lineup that has the biggest ceiling, then talk yourself into hey is this is this different enough is this going to get duplicated what are my cereals all of those things kind of come into play then but only then build the team that you, the best team you can build give yourself the best chance to take down one of these top prizes and go from there in my opinion all right you know it's also great about this lineup
1: coop <laughs> i can only imagine the winner is in this lineup oh give it we've, to us we've we've tried a variety of things throughout the season. We started off early on as a chalk donkey. We veered off the beaten path. Got a little different, but it's playoffs. And I'm bringing out the chalkboard. <laughs> this guy's due for a win. It's been too long. He's ready to show everyone that he's still got that, that winning mojo in him. Scotty Scheffler, chalk at the top of the board. Going with him as my winner pick. For this week, I I feel like I've earned the right to do a chalky pick with some of the more recent ones. And I really do. I really do just love Scotty this week. I think he's going to find at least a reasonable putter. He's going to have a number of kick in birdies throughout the four days. And there it is. Our winner pick, Scotty Scheffler boy oh boy it is pretty
0: hard to say anything uh wrong or bad about scotty good luck trying to find uh anything really to say other than the fact that who knows what putter is going to show up so uh yeah hard hard to argue with that i love you going straight up chalk at the plus 600 number the only way it could be better yeah don't don't bet plus, don't bet him plus don't, 400 don't bet him at six something crazy this is
1: not not a recommendation for an outright bet. I They'll think bet you, him. that's like I the think,
0: best number scotty has been. And that is like 200
1: uh, better than his lowest number. But
0: imagine it's so tough in this you.
1: field. Betting some anyone at six to one is just crazy when you're going against all, all the best golfers. So, you know, if you want to throw a couple, I mean, you know, throw a couple in there for, for a sweat. Actually the play is like live. You know, if, if you did ever want to get an outright on someone like Scottie, you, you try to get a, a, a live number. That's better than six to one if he, you know, maybe starts off a little slow or somebody else tees off before him and is four under through six holes or something. But uh, chalk, 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 Scotty Scheffler starts off the playoffs with a W. That's my pick of the week.
0: Yeah. I mean, such a good pick. So hard to go against. This was an awesome show. Our only show this week. I'm le- I was going to, I was going to go TJ and I zoomed in uh no, sh- no screen share, but, we're, we're leaving it like this. We're leaving the winning elite guaranteed lineup on the board with the winner, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Brian Harmon is going to have to finish second if we want this lineup to win and Scotty wins because he'll be you know 7% owned at captain. But uh, uh, yes, that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, that'll do it for all of the shows this week. Find me over there in our Discord. It's in the link in the description. Tons of great Rainmakers chatter for both NFL and PGA. Uh, happening there pretty much 24 7 Uh, massive massive town hall for the otm jolly joker people tomorrow 4 p.m eastern in the discord we have so much to talk about tomorrow Uh, trying to save tj's voice on shows like this because he's going to be talking up a storm tomorrow plenty to give to you all as football season approaches. Um, Yeah. So any other questions, get on over in the discord, shoot me a message. Uh, The community over there is top notch. Uh, I'll be looking for barracks state of the contests as those come out. Uh, Make sure you get your playoff lineup submitted. Make sure you get these uh, lineups submitted. Remember it's probably the last three really, really fun weeks uh, chances to win massive prizes in rainmakers as we have the three playoff events. So uh, get your collections in order, make the right sales and buys and uh, uh, plan to see you all somewhere near the top of the leaderboard. That's for sure. TJ, any final words for the people before we get them out of here? Go out there, get that money. You heard him, get that money. Talk to you all on discord. It's been real. See you later. all.